The Courage to Lead, episode 171. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having an exceptional week. I'm having a great week and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Mike Caluzzi. Mike is a trusted advisor and business coach for service-based professionals and entrepreneurs, leveraging knowledge, wisdom, and insights earned over 20 years in the trenches as an attorney, a business owner, and entrepreneur. Mike helps people successfully navigate through voluntary or involuntary career transitions. Mike earned his law degree in 1998, and in the ensuing 20-plus years, he's worked as an attorney, a corporate sales representative, business owner, real estate investor, professional network marketer, and business advisor. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, buddy. How are you, man? Thanks for having me. No, this is great. I've been looking forward to the conversation and stuff. So growing up, did you know you wanted to be a lawyer? Uh, I wanted to be a drummer. (laughs) <laughs> really? I, be a, I still want to be a drummer. Yeah. I love playing the drums. I've been playing since I'm four years old. My, my, uh, but the fact is, is that, you know, I was, um, you know, I was one of those types of people who, and so many people struggle with this, I think, where like we follow the path to which we're told we should follow. Right. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and I was, and I always wanted to make mom and dad proud and I love them dearly, but it was always like, you know, they, you know, the idea of being a musician, oh my gosh, they were like, no, 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 you do this on your spare time. But what's funny is, you know, like I say, I I say, you know, I'm 50, I'll be 52 next month. And, uh, you know, many, you know, we evolved to a degree, but many of our core foundations of who we are haven't changed. I still do the same things I do. The same things that I loved as a kid, I still love now, and I make them a part of my life. Um, But to answer your question, I really, um, I didn't know what the hell I didn't know, right? So I went to law school with this idea that a perception of what a law, you know, a lawyer would be. Um, But that turned out for me individually to be one that I've had to mold over the course of my 20 plus years of being a lawyer to make it fit my life not the other way around. Exactly. So, so, um, so I went through all the trials and tribulations of, of uh, what it meant to be a lawyer um, and have it fit so that it won't drive me crazy. It won't leave me to a place where I am really frustrated and angry and burnt out. Um, I've had several burnouts because it was a situation that I wasn't aligned with my I like to use a great legal term in the real estate world because I do a lot of commercial real estate work and land use. That was kind of my area um, of highest and best use. When you look at a piece of commercial real estate, we always evaluate it on a variety of different criteria. And always is one of them is like, what's the highest and best use for this piece of property? Same thing with us. Absolutely. Not to, you know, right. So and Absolutely. getting in alignment and, um, and that's what I really work with. Uh, with most of my folks who, um, you know, who I have the benefit and the pleasure of, of working with is helping them get in true alignment with what it is that they want. And then, you know, going through some of those how to's in a way where I can hopefully help them avoid some of the pitfalls uh, that I, that I endured when there were quite a few. So absolutely. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll get into it deeper. We'll get into it deeper. We'll talk about uh, your background, everything, how, what got you to where you are now, 
who you work with, how you help them, stuff like that. Yeah, um, whatever. Yeah, but before we get started, I've got 10 questions that I like to ask all of my guests. Um, okay. Listeners know these are the questions from the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these questions of his guests from Hollywood TV film stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good Heck enough yeah. for my guests. Heck yeah. All right. I love it. All right. So my question number one, what is your favorite word? Yes. Nice. What is your least favorite word? Try. Hmm. Good job. What turns you on? Empowered people. What turns you off? The opposite. What sound or noise do you love? I'm a drummer since I'm four. Any rhythm gets me rocking and rolling. What sound or noise do you hate? People who have a whining tone. <laughs> Sorry, but Absolutely. Yep. I'm being completely authentic. Whiners. Add, no, 100%. I'm with you. Nothing, nothing to hide. What do I I'm with you. Whiners. Yeah. I All right, can't question, stand it. No. What, question seven. What is your favorite curse word? It, it, it's it tuck, but add it, put an F instead of a T. All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Well, like I said to you earlier, I mean, I am, um, for most of my life, I love music. I always wanted to be involved in music. Uh, I have been in certain levels, uh, which are interesting, some interesting things. Uh, later in life, seven years ago or almost eight years ago, I got introduced to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu from a, from a, uh, from a uh, business coach of mine, and uh, and uh, that's become a huge part of my life. I love it. Um, so uh, I often think about one day. I mean, I'm very fortunate to be involved in a school down here, which you know. But to be to be to have that as a more of a of a day to day. I love that and music. Nice. You know? That'd be awesome. All right, what profession would you not like to do? Hmm. That's an interesting one. I didn't think that's that's a that's a good one. I would probably say um, like an auditor. Mm. <laughs> yes. All right. Final question: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um. Just welcome. I mean, it's really simple. I, I mean, I'm, awesome. I don't really think about that all that much, but yeah, I'm sure. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully I, I'm you know, hopefully, if that does exist, yeah, it's a welcoming situation, right? And give us <laughs> some, uh, give us some chance to you know uh, enjoy uh, that phase of whatever sure. that level of reality is. Absolutely, welcome. I mean, the, the opposite is a hey, the elevators over there, right? That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't want that. No, all right. No. <laughs> so we're going to come back talk about again how you got your start how you got to where you are now, who you're working with, how you help them. We'll talk about your podcast, all the other things you have going on um, okay. and whatever else comes up. All right. Cool, man. Sounds good. All right, listeners, we're going to be talking about all of that and more right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? 
Well, you don't have to imagine any more. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Mike Calusi. Mike, thanks again for being on the, on the podcast. It's great to talk to you. So you started working when you were about 15 years old in your father's mm-hmm. construction business. Yes. How was that? Well, it was, uh, I was able to develop a great skill. You know, I don't know how your experience was with your parents or your father. You know, I have, thank God, my dad's still here. He's an amazing guy. Very much, a uh, you know, a, um, a guy who was a renaissance person. Someone who's extremely well-read. Someone who could do a lot of different things. And for, I was the youngest of three. I had an older brother. My brother was in the middle. My, I had a sister. My dad obviously uh, was one where uh, from a very early age, you know, he wanted to instill in his kids uh, the ability to be able to uh, be self-sufficient and to be able to challenge ourselves in ways that we didn't necessarily even know why we were doing it, but one that we would be able to, you know, handle the adversity of life. Right. And there's a story behind that. But anyway, so but for the longest time, you know, I looked up to my dad because like we my house was really cool. It was a really dynamic place. You know, uh, we we my dad was, like I said, a builder. So uh, and, and a developer. And he did some really, really cool things. So the thing here's the thing. I was in awe of him to the point where completely overwhelmed with, I, I, I couldn't, I could never process, and I'm sure this is not unique, but, uh, you know, I could never process, like, how the hell does he know all this shit? How does he know the answers to all these yeah. things? And he would throw me and my brother, and to a, large, to a different extent, my sister, but me and my brother, a lot of, you know, challenges and things where I was totally like, oh, I don't know what the hell to do, but the point is, is, um, you know, uh, when I started working at 15, uh, with him and he would give us these assignments, right. And, 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 and to do things, uh, that, you know, he was very much into the fundamentals of things, learning the fundamentals and, uh, you know, like any other 15 year old kid, I had no idea why the hell he was doing it, but within short order, you know, I began to love the fact that I was doing things that other kids my age had no clue on what to do. And, um, and that has been a, that's, you know, that's been a, a gift. I mean, you know, the running joke always was with me and my brother, like when we were growing up, no matter what the hell it was. And even through when we had a development company, everything else, it was always like, yeah, we can do that. We can figure it out, yeah. you know? And that's a double-edged sword, of course, because, you know, you can get yourself into trouble. And I got more than enough stories of, you know, where uh, taking those risks, I've, I've had to pay the price. But that was a great experience um, to the extent that, yeah, it gave me that level of um, some confidence that I can do things that, uh, that maybe other people just hadn't had the exposure to do. Absolutely. Which I think is great, you know, because like you said, growing up, you do a lot of different things. And at some point in your life, it's like, oh, I have an answer for this because I did this you know, 20 years ago. In yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's, I mean, there's, I think there's an element to, you know, we all get so caught up in uh, living very linearly. Right. There are a lot of us and for, you know, and um, you know, and, and, and the, the general public has a persona to which we should live our lives. But if you think about it, 
you know, before the onset of, you know, large corporations and corporate culture and, you know, I mean, people lived on the land. They lived in communities. They were, they were utility players, right? Mm -hmm. It was utilitarian type existence. Um, I love that. I realize it's really, uh, you, it's, it's, it's kind of a dying breed in my opinion. And what my experience has been, things have been, in my opinion, have swayed way too far in, in the direction of, you know, linear focus, you know, uh, specialized, uh, with your career. And it doesn't give people, in my opinion, an enriched sense of living, uh, and the only way you live is to experience things that are deeper than just, you know, okay, you go to work. Yeah, you make a lot of money, fine. But and then you're doing things that are not really challenging you or putting you in a situation where you can really get an enriched life. I, 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 I talk to my wife all the time about this. I say, why do I always pick these really challenging things to do? And, you know, I think the answer really is, is that at the end of the day, you know, um, when I'm old, I don't want to have any regrets. Right. You know, the money's going to come, the money's going to go, and I get it, like, particularly in this current situation, I'm like everybody else, you know, our, uh, you know, the stock market is ridiculous, you know, if you're invested in alternate currencies, which I am too, I mean, like, it's a, it's a, it's a bloodbath, right? It's, it's, it's a little... It's an, it's unnerving to yes. anyone. Um, that's for sure. And uh, and anybody who's telling you they're not like unnerved, I think they're lying because yeah, or it's unconscious, it's, right? Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's crazy. But but ultimately, you know, uh, if we put our life into context to which how small the time period we actually are here. Um, you know, I think the goal is to live an enriched life and, and embrace it as much as possible uh, and take on challenges and, and, uh, and, you know, and be able to just build those life experiences. Absolutely. And so you graduated from college and then decided to go to law school. Was that an yes. easy choice for you? Um, yeah. Well, you know, again, kind of circling back. I mean, I was very much, um, uh, uh, in a situation where I um, I always wanted to please other people. I say, and, and whoever's listening out there, I'm sure there's tons of people pleasers out there. I I will be the, you know, I was, was the, I was president of the people pleasers club, right? I'm a recovering people pleaser. I'm, I, you know, I have no shame in saying it. Uh, you know, when I was going to go to law school and many of my decisions were like, okay, I'm doing this to please other people. So ultimately, when I made a decision to go to law school, number one, I'm 20s, I'm trying to figure out my life. Um, the things that I really wanted to do in my mind, I didn't think were really feasible. And I thought it would be irresponsible because I would be, quote unquote, letting people down. Henceforth, I took the, quote unquote, responsible route. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I did the things that people who were, objectively viewed as successful take so hey go to law school that's a that's a distinguishing you know characteristic or a unique identifier that is you know is is something that not everyone does so obviously that's the way i approached it and um 
again, like I told you earlier, I was as green as you can possibly imagine. I mean, I didn't know what the hell that really meant. People would say, well, you're, you know, you're, you're good on your feet and this, but I still had no idea. And I always tell folks, and I've been, this has been my standing line for as long as I've been a lawyer. When people say to me, Oh, I want to be a lawyer, like young people. I'm like, my standing piece of advice has always been, it's like, okay, just go work in a law firm in the area that you actually think you're interested in. Get real life experience and see what that really means. Don't live in a fantasy world because it's a very, some of my best friends are lawyers who have done really, really well mm -hmm. uh, because they were in alignment from the very, very, very beginning. But so many are in a career that they just hate and they don't know how to get out of it. So, um, I would just venture to say to I tell but go 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 spend the time right and see if it's a true fit. Because um, I there are a lot of people out there that have law degrees that are not practicing law. Oh yeah, it's a huge percentage. Yeah. I mean, it's a I'm not a guy who quotes you know real time statistics, but I know you know if anyone Google's it, they'll see it's an overwhelming majority. And like I think with all things that are being reported, usually it's probably errors on the side of conservatism because. Like I know lawyers, right? And I know how most lawyers operate. Most lawyers, I actually put a blog post about this the other day on my um, on my on my um, on my newsletter on LinkedIn about um, you know a uh, uh, you know recovering control freak, right? So many lawyers are control freaks, and because of that, and look, they may call me out on it, and I would go toe to toe with them to argue if they wanted me. I couldn't care less. But the, here's the thing: most of the, like like the control like the control freak, right? Like they want to be in such control, even if they are miserable, like their identity is so tied into, well, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I have to control the situation. No, you don't like, you got to learn to let go of the control so you can actually detach and get some type of perspective on life that may actually serve you to become a better lawyer or this or that. But again, I mean, like these are not again, singular solutions, life's dynamic. Right. But, um, I got no regrets. I mean, it's been a, a it's been an interesting ride. I mean, um, there's no need to look back and say, "Geez, I wish this or I wish that." I'm in the moment. I live in the moment. I make adjustments and uh, go from there. That's the best way to do it. But I mean, so you've had experience with law. Uh, you say oh, yeah, corporate still, corporate sales. Absolutely. Yeah, business owner, worked, real estate uh, investor. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been involved in. Um, I mean, really quick. I mean, as far as you know, I obviously I when I agreed to go to, when I went to law school, that was in September of 1994, right? And then I got engaged to be married in December December 23rd, 1994, and then I wound up, uh, you know, realizing, hey, I'm getting married. So then, hence, I said, I can't go to law school in the day. I gotta go at night because I gotta make some money. So I went and I got a I got a job at a as a law clerk at a law firm in. Um, in Southern New Jersey, where I was from. And then I worked full-time wow. uh, at a law firm. And then I went to school at night. I got married in the whole nine. And then, um, and then I spent a few years there and I had done very, very well because I have a, you know, I, I'm a, I, I love engaging with people, um, you know, and they saw that and then they realized that, Hey, you know, believe it or not, they have one of the partners, and I'm going to laugh, I'm not making light of it, but one of the, the partners died suddenly and he mm -hmm. died under really under unfortunate circumstances and he was doing family law. Now, again, I didn't know shit from Shinola. I'm like, wow, okay. Uh, well, I'm in this law firm. Wow, law. Like, I was like, it was like, it's still that air of like prestige, you know? 
and they're like, hey, you know, instead of us hiring someone, why don't you take over this dude, this guy's practice? Now, like, hey, some people would, you know, like people way smarter than me probably would have taken, you know, could have taken it and killed it. But the, like I got in and I'm a very empathetic person, came from a really high intense, intense Italian family. And then they throw me into family law. Mm. After two years, I was the most miserable kid because I didn't understand what the hell was going on. Right. Like I, I, to me, like the constant conflict and the constant lit- and the and the, you know, I used to go to court, um, and I think lawyers who are listening to this can probably relate to this. I used to go to the, you know, I used to practice in Southern New Jersey, and there was a, you know, Camden County. Go to Camden County, second floor. It was handling all the juvenile cases, all the family law cases, you know, domestic violence cases. And I remember, you know, typically like on a Friday motion day or whatever else. And I would, you know, you know, you get on the elevator and then the elevators open up to the second floor. And I always would feel like you go into like the dead zone. Like there wasn't a, there wasn't a positive vibe in doing. It was all negative and people in the worst situations. And, and I said to myself, I I don't want to live like this. Like for like, this is not what I signed up for. So, you know, that was the first time after about two, in about 2000 is when I first said, you know what, I'm, I'm out. And I didn't understand how to contextualize things, but I knew right. that it wasn't in alignment well, with me. And compartmentalize things. You know, how do you, how do you keep the emotion out of it? Not get engaged with it. I'm, I'm with you. I'm an empathetic person. Somebody starts talking about their illness. I start suffering from the illness. You know what I'm saying? So how do you yeah. not get involved in that? And how do you learn how to compartmentalize all that? Well, well, I think that's where I think the whole idea of, and I talked to folks about, and, and I give you a really funny uh, statement to answer that. So as I said to you earlier, recovering control freak, right? Had allowed my ego to dominate. So I remember taking personality profiles way back, right? And they would tell me, based upon the results, you'd be better off as a teacher, as a mentor, blah, 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 right? Like, eh, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, I, that was the ego. And I think, you know, bucking that system, bucking those things. But it comes back. And if you don't do like, you, like, you know, if you don't completely make some type of seismic shift, like monumental where you're basically changing, you know, your, your whole approach to life, which are genetic and obviously situational and, you know, environmental, all these things, you know, you're going to be, you're going to more than likely set yourself up for a lot of times of frustration and suboptimal performance. Absolutely. Because you can never perform optimally if you're not in alignment. So is that when you made the transition over to the real estate side? So what happened was I was very lucky in the sense that because I was the youngest attorney in the joint, uh, I, uh, I was in charge of the law library. Now, you know, this is, this is before high-speed internet, right? right? This is before all these things. So we would have a law library. And I'm sure tons of law firms law firm still have all that stuff. And sure. everything now is pretty much electronic. So the point is, is this is way beyond high-speed internet world. So I used to manage the law library. And at the time, I used to have, um, you know, we would have, a, a, I, I wound up working for a company called West Group, which is now Thomson Reuters. So anybody who's familiar with the world of legal, the, one of the premier uh, providers of legal information is a company that's called West, right? West Law, right? All the books that you see on a lot of the shelves 
films and a lot of the, um, you know, the crime movies or the yep, lawyer yep. movies. You see all those gold books. Those are all legal case books that are built off of um, West. Okay. So um, anyway, I had a, we had a rep who would come in and um, she was great. She was this tiny little um, attorney, smart as a whip. Her name was Kathy. She lived, came from Minnesota because that was where the company was based out of. And, um, and I would manage the account with her. And there'd be times where she could feel my energy. I was just miserable. And she said to me one time, she said, you know, Mike, you seem like such a nice person, but you seem so unhappy. So she was really like, I, I am internally grateful for her because she's was just, she had the guts to say it and the confidence to say it. And she was just, you know, really, she was a good friend, you know, when you think about it. And, uh, and I'm like, Kathy, I'm miserable. I hate it here. And then she's, do you ever think about maybe doing something different? Like I have a nice life. I, you know, now my ego and my perception of what she did prior to understanding what she did was completely wrong. Right. I thought, ah, you know, these legal, these, these legal reps, they're just, they just couldn't cut it as lawyers. Little did I know they were making a ton of money. They were doing really well and they were controlling their life far better than most lawyers. So at the time I was making $40,000 a year if I was lucky. Right. And I had billables and accounts receivables. I was completely over my head. And uh, so I said to her, I said, well, well, you know, what's it about? You know, tell me what it's about. And she started telling me and, and uh, she's like, Oh, well you'll make, you know, you'll make six figures your first year. I'm like, wait, what? Like I couldn't comprehend that in my mind. So lo and behold, you know, I went through the process and I was very fortunate. I got a job. I was very grateful for the people who hired me, this guy, Greg, who, um, you know, uh, the, who was my regional manager at the time. He hired me, took a chance on me because I didn't have any quote unquote outside sales experience, but I did very, very well in that job. Um, and, um, but like a lot of things where you hit the law of the lid, I didn't work on myself at that time. I was still very much driven through ego and a lack of self-awareness. So what ultimately happened was when I got to the point where things started to get uncomfortable for me, I didn't understand the importance of detaching from those scenarios and evaluating it so that I could up-level my awareness to put things into context. I internalized it all. I began to panic because the company went public and there were some external factors that I had no control over. Like I was a representative for the state of New Jersey. The governor at the time came in, put a freeze on all the spending. So my pipeline completely dried up overnight and that's facts. Right. And like they wound up putting me in another territory that I was not suited for. So it just became a situation where I'm like, Oh God, this is not really working now. Again, hindsight maybe i could have handled certain things differently but at the time what do most people do when they're unsure they start resorting back to what they already yeah. know right um which sometimes can be good but mm, sometimes and most times it's probably not because you have to know like how you can continue with advance i knew construction i grew up on a construction site you know i had a little bit of money i had made so i'm like you know what i'm going to buy a property and we have it so i did that and then i did another one and then before you know it I had these visions of grandeur of wanting to regird, you know, kind of reignite uh, my arrangement when I was younger to have a family business because there were people in my life that I really respected who were able to make the family business dynamic work. And I had these visions for it to work for my family. 
So I, you know, I met with my dad, I met with my brother, we brought another guy in. And before you know it, we started, you know, a, a, a real estate company nice. that we would buy properties and develop them and flip them. And then we had a construction division. And before you know it, we had, you know, employees. And, you know, my brother had a great, really interesting skill set as a CPA. He left his job as a as a as an accountant for a really large energy company you know uh, my dad had already been in the business me being a lawyer and just a gritty kind of guy all three of us together we tackled it and we had some really great experiences and we brought some guys on it was really good you know and then of course we i you know 08 hit 2008 yep. and we all know what happened with 2008 Absolutely. kind of similar to what we're having here in 2022 obviously different circumstances but ultimately financial meltdown happened right so we got stuck with properties like mm. so many other people and um and um and that was the end of that unfortunately and i had a rebuild wow yeah wow so i rebuilt and i uh i i said you know what no one's going to hire me like, and it would take me probably a year or so to even find a job. So why don't I just open up a law office, see where that takes me. And again, still no personal development, wow. right? So I opened up the firm and the life changer, and I know I'm rambling here, but I hope it's interesting for people. Absolutely. Um, so the biggest interesting thing that happened with me that led me to understanding some self-awareness and level of detachment of, of, of self and, and, and the mind was, I tell this story to everybody, but it's a really interesting story. I find that in my head, right. I'm, I, my financial world is upside down. I'm married to a wonderful person who is, you know, we've been together since we're 15 and we're still together now. She's endured all these things, you know, and, um, she, uh, we were really trying to figure things out, but like most people, right? Financial, financial stresses will bring out the worst in people. And we, one day we got, had the worst fight, one of those really knockout, terrible drag outs. And I had to go to court, right? So I had to go to court and I had to be there for like 7.30 AM. So we had this huge fight like in the morning, like at six. And I wound up going to court. Right. And it was a municipal court and I was representing a guy in municipal court and uh, long story short, like, you know, still now, but like, you know, the lawyers would go in the back and you kind of wait for the judge and then you talk to the prosecutor and it's a whole, like, it's a whole thing. So, you know, you could bits back there while you're waiting for the prosecutor to come. So I'm back there and I guess my energy was so crappy that uh, this guy walks up to me out of nowhere. And he says, you need to read the four agreements. Like, Harlan, I didn't know who this person was. <laughs> and he's like, you need to read the four agreements. I'm like, what? Now, granted, I'm, you know, I'm a little, I'm Italian. I'm, a, I'm, a, yeah, I'm emotional. Like, like, there could have been a part of it, like, tell the guy go F himself. And I did. Right. I'd be like, what? Like, like I because remember, coming off of a big fight, you know how that is. It's a very, you know, those are emotionally draining situations. But I'm like, what? And, he's, and then he proceeded to tell me his story about how he lost his family due to his lack of awareness of mm. and allowing his self-talk to overtake his world. Mm. And, um, and it was amazing. And, 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 uh, and, I, and I took it to heart and I, I bought the book on Amazon and uh, 
and I started reading that book. And that was the first time in my life where it clicked. Now, whoever's listening, I'm sure like there's times in your life where things are said to you or you hear or see things where you, you know, you conceptualize it or it comes in. Um, so some of these theories may have been said to me before, but at that time in space, in that time of relativity, I was extremely open to understand, to see, oh my gosh, wow, like that, that talk, yeah. that mind chatter is not designed to really help me, right? It's designed to keep me stuck and keep me safe and, and, and really self-sabotage and ego and all these things. So that was like the beginning of it all. And that was like nice. 2009, 2010. So is that what kind of made you think, I want to help coach other people? Is that what that? Well, what ha- yeah. So what happened with me getting into coaching was um, I, uh, through that process, I did start to understand that process about self-awareness. And that began my journey of kind of reading some more books and podcast, not podcast, uh, audio books at the time and still now, but like, you know, that would began my journey. Like the second book I read was, uh, Brian Tracy's, uh, you know, um, Brian Tracy's book. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, it's, it's drawn a blank, but I'll, I'll let you know it. And you can, but it's like, um, Brian, one of Brian Tracy's books. And if it comes to me, I'll let you know. It. But anyway, that was the second book. Point is, is that, um, I was working in a law firm again. I was, uh, and I was doing uh, a lot of land use work because that was kind of like my background. I was representing towns and municipalities and that all went really, really well. But in the back of my mind, I knew like something wasn't right. I wanted to do something on my own. And also that was a time where, you know, my wife was working as a pharmaceutical rep uh, in the corporate world. And, you know, we were able to fortunately build our life back up to an existence where at least we were, you know, living in a nice house and we were doing our things again, but we weren't happy. It wasn't alignment. You know, it'd be 1030 at night. I'd be coming in from a night meeting. She'd be still typing away reports and we're like, this something is not right. So at the time I then introduced, um, I I always said to my wife, I said, you know what? Her name's Desiree. I'm like, you know, Des, um, what do lawyers do? We hire experts when we don't know what to do. So long story short, that got us introduced to a business coach for the first time. And that business coach, um, we told him what we wanted to do in our life. And he's like, you know, you need to, you know, you need to start shifting away from, you know, trading time for dollars. You need to start creating a residual income and blah, blah, blah. So before you know it, he introduced us to uh, a network marketing company called Isogenics, which is an amazing, amazing company that helps people with health, weight, weight loss and healthcare, health solutions, energy performance, right? And then of course, wealth creation. We didn't really have a real understanding of what network marketing was or what people call MLM. I hate that term. Uh, it's, it's, but the point is we got introduced to this amazing company and it has served an amazing role for us wherein through that process, that's when my entrepreneurial journey really started. And it, like from a, an awareness standpoint, because so much of building a business is about mindset and understanding how to lead people and how to guide people and how to set the right intention and, and, and allow um, people uh, the, 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 the gateway to see that there's more 
there's more to their life if they're open to it. So from that, right, we spent, um, my wife and I worked together for like five years to build that business up. And we coached, I coached and mentored hundreds and hundreds of people through that process. And, um, and that's where I kind of saw where people would be reaching out to me like, man, you were so helpful. Thank you so much. Because all these cumulative experiences started mm-hmm. to really come into focus on how I can then serve other people. And to the point which I mentioned to you earlier about like, was so impressive about my father for all those years where I'm like, how the hell did he figure all this shit out? Right. I was getting to that point <laughs> in my life where I'm like, okay, I see, I can connect the dots and just like you, I'm sure. Yep. So anyway, that was kind of like the journey on, and the coaching. And then in 2018, um, I decided to start formalizing it. Nice. And, uh, and through that time, I've been coaching and mentoring people. And then I actually went back to doing legal work too, because I was able to um, do legal work on my own terms, which was mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Um, and, then, um, and then, you know, COVID hit. Yeah. And um, yeah, that. That yes. threw everything into a monkey wrench all over again. Absolutely. And, um, and that's what actually allowed us to know. We looked at it from, okay, how can we turn this into a positive? And my wife and I, oh, we had built our business to be able to be, to be able to get out of the cold and be able to like move closer to the beach and the water and palm trees. So um, because of COVID uh, and all that negativity, though, would allowed us to say, okay, you know what? Enough's enough. And we saw our daughter kind of through this, school situation with the masks and the virtual and yeah. and she's and then she said we i don't want to go to a college that i'm going to be doing it online so she said i would love to go to apply to a school in florida and hence here we are, here we are. and i've been coaching you know and i've been building up and and working through the coaching mm-hmm. process ever since and i realized the niche that i can really serve people is all the things to which i struggled with which is a lot of things we talked about. Absolutely. But, and like you said, all that back experience comes into play, right? It all, yes. it all means something. So on your website, you talk about eliminating overwhelm, fear, and negative self-talk. Is that what most of your clients are, are struggling with? Yeah, because I think, uh, well, the people who, you know, um, when we talk about niches, right? And who I can serve best, mm-hmm. right? There's certain people who, you know, my life experience is different than theirs, right? Um, so, and if they don't experience the things that I kind of did, there's not like some like energetic kind of connection where I think that like we relate. So the folks, most of the big people who I had, I've worked with and I find myself working with are folks that I like will talk to and I spot like, you know, I can spot it like so quickly. Okay, I see where this person's really struggling. Mm-hmm. And, and I always ask them, is it okay? Can I have permission to, you know, speak to you about these things? Because, you know, you don't, you know, you would ask me um, what, one of the worst words that I, like, I don't like the most. Another word that I can't stand is should. When someone right. says, oh, you should do this, or you should that. You should, so I am right. extremely mindful of the language that I use. And I always ask for permission. Because if someone tells me you should be doing this, or you should be doing that. That's not what most people want to hear. They want to, they want to, in my experience, but, you know, uh, yeah. they want to they want to be able to receive information without being judged, so to speak. Right. So right. I found that a lot of the folks who I work with are yeah struggling with, uh, you know, that overwhelm or the frustration of, you know, life circumstances, whether it be, like I said, like 
career transitions, like many, many, um, some, you know, people I've worked with who, who were just amazing people, but yeah. life kind of gave them a, 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 you know, a kind of a left turn. Yeah. And, you know, here are these amazing people who unfortunately don't have that outside perspective and they're beating themselves and they're internalizing and personalizing all of these external factors that they had really no control over, but then it's impacting their, uh, their opinion, their self-worth or their value of themselves. Sure. You know, like oftentimes I'll work with people, particularly like uh, licensed professionals who, um, who are very much involved in their job and they really aren't aware of the importance of branding and selling and marketing themselves because they're involved as professionals. So you look on their LinkedIn profile and it hasn't been updated since, you know, for nine years and it's like one line. It's, it's terrible, right? And then all of a sudden they get let go or they're facing something where they want to try something different and they don't realize that you've got to now market yourself. You have to put yourself out there. You, wanna, you have to learn this whole new set of skills where that is extremely uncomfortable for a lot of people. Because well, sure. a lot, a lot of times they go looking then for a job, just like the job they left. It's like wow, exactly. you have the opportunity to do anything you want, do the thing you love. Well, here's the thing: the reason why they do that is the same reason why I, twenty-five or whatever many years ago, was when I was faced with challenges. Yep. Right, the the, the fifty-two-year-old Mike would have told the thirty-year-old Mike how to handle that situation far differently. Right. Yep. Right. But that's what experience yeah. is all about. So exactly. if I can impart that experience to people who I see that I can try real value to help them to realize their potential and get out of their own way um, in that regard. And if they're open to receive it, then great. And I think we're, then we're really onto something, you know, to help sure. them through that process. Awesome. Yeah. Cause you revert back to what you know best. That's yeah, the, and you, the comfort zone, the safety zone, right? And you can't do that. You can leverage what you have, and but say, okay, where is it that you can now, impl- yeah. uh, and, you know, use these skills? But though, but you gotta look, you know, in real yeah. time on where we are now, and then look proactively on how to, you know, put yourself in situations that are going to create it, scenarios that are going to allow you to advance. Now, another misconception a lot of people don't realize is again they think so much linearly that like they realize like okay now i'm safe no you're never you got to learn to live without a safety net right and that's really hard for people to get sure it is. yeah you know so i helped them through that nice yeah and i'm starting to work with with uh independent consultants and those people that are either being furloughed or have made the decision hey i want to go do something else right i'm tired here i'm going to retire i'm going to go do something else trying to get them to think outside the box what are you really really good at Mm-hmm. Go do that. Don't just do right. this because that's what that company wanted you to do. Or that's what they paid you for. What's your zone of genius and work within that? Right. I, I, I have thing. I have something I call the clarity questionnaire okay. that I have people work through. And um, ultimate, the ultimate goal is in the clarity questionnaire is to get people to identify their 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 you know their unique value proposition and their nice. purpose. Nice. And um, and I think it's really cool because you know look. What's funny is, is people who are really in their head um, and they're allowing their ego to dictate, they don't even allow themselves the, the benefit of even looking at that 
realistically. I find a lot of really high, high performing people um, who are amazing people. They still struggle so much with uh, self-worth issues. And also uh, they struggle with um, the whole identity uh, of uh, imposter syndrome. Like, who am I? I'm like, what the hell do you mean? Who are you? Like, you just ran a freaking corporate law department. I mean, are you effing kidding me? Like, you know, so it's really, you know, sometimes people just need, you know, when you're, when you, you know, I mean, you've worked in corporate, you know, that's a war zone, right? And, and, and I think sometimes people just need a little bit of self-assurance again and to rebuild their, their ego and someone to say, Hey man, you've done some great stuff. Like, Give yourself credit for it. Absolutely. And, and I'm speaking yeah. from the experience because I, I know I was in the right. same boat, people, you know. And yeah, but a lot of times it takes that, that other perspective, right? That outsider perspective to help kind of point out what some of those 100%. things are. It's hard to see. Yeah, it's hard yeah, to see. And I think, and, yeah, and I think people have to be receptive. I mean, how many times, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced it where, you know, um, there's a whole lot of people who are like, I don't need a coach. I'm like, who the hell are you to like, I'm like, hey, yeah, look, yeah, yeah. if you don't think you're open for that kind of stuff, That's I'm not going to sit and try and convince you. But right. you look at all the great people who've done them, like, like really lived fulfilled lives. They have had people who've helped them. You know, I'm not going to be the guy who, you know, I, like I always say, look, my goal is to have an expiration date with me. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, yeah. you know, I work with like a 90 day increment. Some people work with me 90 days. Some people work with me six months. Some people work for me with a, a year. It's entirely up to kind of where they are. Um, but the bottom line is, is yeah, look, there's a graduation date. Yeah. You know, and of course, as I evolve, because I don't live in a vacuum, and you don't live in a vacuum. We're constantly evolving. Right. So our value proposition completely continues to elevate too, as we continue down the road of life. Absolutely. So the, the podcast is about courage, right? Where did you find the courage to walk away from the nine to five to create your own success? Where did you find the courage to overcome the setbacks and stuff? Where did you find your courage to start your own business and, and to, to grow like that? Where did that come okay. from? That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I found it uh, a lot of the foundational training that I did receive from, you know, I credit both my parents because they're great people, both of them. You know, my but my dad, uh, my dad was um, is, but back then he um, he he really put us in some situations that, like, you know, I was eighteen years old running and running construction sites. Now I'm not talking huge, huge, but like for an eighteen year old to be running like you know like a, a large scale remodeling project or you know a deck where you're laying out, you know, you're laying out the foundational you know, uh, blueprint and you got to figure out where all the, where all of the, you know, the foundations are going, where the posts are going, like, and then managing the, the, the crew. I'm 18. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a that's big a lot. <laughs> ask. Yeah. And I, and I, and I will tell you, like, it was, I had my moments, you know what I mean? But what I learned from that was, and what he taught me was you could do it. Mm-hmm. And I effed up more times than I can count. And sometimes, mm-hmm. like I think back on some of those things, it's like you know maybe like when a musician or an actor looks back at some of their old films and they're like, oh. Yeah. And but he he 
gave me that chance. So that courage started there. Um, um, and, um, and it never stopped because honestly too, what I left out of the story is, and I got through law school and I had a um, reading comprehension problem. So imagine like, again, I'm not like, this is not me patting myself on the back at all. This is just like yeah. life. Right. But I got through it like with, with reading comprehension issues. How the hell did I do it? I don't even know. Honestly, I just yeah. was just grit. And I just like, so, so that courage came and, uh, and even now and bring it up to now, I'm 52 years old. I still, you know, we all are facing, I think even now more than ever, we are in an extremely difficult time where we have to really hone in and, 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 um, and pull from our courage reserves because Absolutely. it's it's a it's a really it's a really dynamic time we're living in that can be extremely overwhelming. Yep. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So um do you have any employees working for you right now? You know, great question. And this is another thing I teach my my people I work with and coach with because I was as a recovering control freak as well. What do most of us want to do? We want to do everything. You're never going to build a business and scale by doing everything. And it leads to overwhelm. It leads to frustration. It leads to lack of growth. So um, I have been very, very fortunate that over the last, like through this process, this last, like, like I had, like when I worked at, you know, with my law firm and when I worked in the law firm and stuff like that, yeah, we I had paralegals and assistants and things like that. And obviously, you know, when, and I had our real estate business, we had employees and stuff. But now, right, currently, where I was moving into another space, um, you know, I tried to control everything for a super long time. But then I realized, like, this is, this is lunacy. So I am very fortunate that I have brought people on. And we live in a world now that we could leverage, you know, like, virtual assistants mm -hmm. and, I uh, and um, people who I work with now who are great. I also have, you know, one of the things that I do that I'm that I kind of attribute as a as a unique value proposition for me is I love I love belly to belly networking. I love networking events. I love creating environments where people can, you know, get to know each other and and uh, and learn something or create, you know, community. So that's something that I actually started down here, which I love and I have people who I brought on right from the very beginning. Because I know that that's the way to really grow it is to provide them with opportunities. If I could provide people with, um, you know, a, a an authentic belief that that me I I can provide them with opportunities to grow, and 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 meet their goals, then I'm doing something right. Sure. So that's what I do now, and um, nice. so yeah, so so I do. Yeah, I have uh, right now one, two, three. Four people looking for a fifth. Okay, very cool. So yeah. if I was to travel down to Sarasota and bump into any of those folks on the road and ask them what type of leader you are, what would they tell me? What kind of leader are you? I think two words that come to, to my brain and is authentic and empathetic leader. Um, nice. And then, and then probably the third word is like I'm intense. There's no doubt about it. I am an intense person, but not in a negative intensity. I want to. I want to get the most out of life for me, for my family and the people who I come, you know, I come in contact with. Um, 
you know, I always kid around with the guys at my jujitsu school. Like, this is what we do for fun. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Like, we beat the hell out of each other. So, like, I'm intense, which is cool. And you and pay. I'm totally cool with that one. You pay yeah. to beat the I'm, hell out of each other. I literally yeah. pay. Right. <laughs> I mean, right now I have a I have a torn labrum. I got a jacked up knee. My other knee's in a knee brace. But I'm like, can I go tonight? Can I go? Good? You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's lunacy. So, I mean, but I love it. And, and I love that challenge yeah. of uh and i love the dynamics of it so sure you know those are probably things that will probably come to mind nice and then i know we're running up against the, the clock tell me about your podcast okay so my podcast is called pro tips to grow your biz and the whole idea of that is to um you know provide real real value to folks um uh, uh who are people who I'm looking to serve, service professionals, entrepreneurs, business people primarily, right? And to touch upon the points to which I can provide value and service with. Um, I do podcasts some that are purely just me. And then I have others that are guests and I've been okay. bringing guests on, which is really cool. Um, I launched it, you know, talk about someone in their head and someone again, like I'm only a few steps ahead from most of the people who I'm working with, right? It took me a long time to get past my own internal bullshit to get it started. Right. So I started it. I like one. Like it got to the point where, like in my mind, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I got to do this." Like I do. Like, but I, I, I built it up so much that I was procrastinating and I was resistant. So at one point, I was like, "Eff it, I'm getting it done." Boom! And within three hours, it was done, launched, and I have like probably like 23 episodes or something nice. already in the can, and uh, and I post them, and uh, and I bring people on, which is great. I use a service that can bring people on. You know uh, how we met. Uh, so that I can bring people on and get their insight and value. And I always ask everybody who come on is like, look, man, go off the script, like make it where it's like, if you have a podcast, like share something that, you know, you would want to share with your audience that you may not have shared before. Yeah. Cause I'm all about authenticity. I mean, Absolutely. like we're all, we all, that's Absolutely. Nope. You know, we all we all have our uh, yeah, we all we all have our moments and flaws so we just we're all doing the best we could right absolutely absolutely but like you said tap into what you know right don't be afraid yes. to step out there and do it I mean you learn from your mistakes so go make some mistakes why not What's yeah I mean I think it's it's not gonna it's not saying to be irresponsible you know I no. tell folks all the time no. it's like but like you know that's the only way you're really gonna like I you know what I tell folks all the time I say Okay, like because like, they'll talk about they'll, I'll deal with people who are frustrated or anxiety ridden, and I'll say, okay, do me, I need you to do something for me, and I'll say, okay, what? And I'll say, now, first and foremost, like you have to recognize that so many people are conditioned to give a response to which they feel they feel that their the person who they're speaking to is expecting, right. and they also are doing it where they're actually shielding from how they really feel. So I always will tell them, like, look, when you and I are talking, like it's no, there's no benefit if you're going to like try and feed me the same line of BS you're feeding everybody else. Like try and be as authentic as possible so we can, you know, really work to get you some progress. Sure. So, um, you know, um, so I, I often talk to people about that. So, uh, you know, to your, to your point, I think what was the, oh my God, I lost my train of thought, but, um, Oh, well, I, I mean, that, those are the things I always kind of start with. But you, you, yeah. your question was, and just fill me in that, because I, I have a point here, trust me. Um, 
you had asked me. I don't about, remember what I asked you. <laughs> oh, but, 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 so, so, um, oh gosh. I'm in a well, you yeah, and you were talking about just being authentic and oh right yeah being right being authentic yeah being authentic and um yeah that authenticity kind of goes a long way uh but i but i do um you know i do try and get people to really like when we do have conversations to uh yeah to really identify myself folks look when you're when you're speaking yeah and giving me answers imagine it as if no one's listening or no one's going to read it right because otherwise like yeah. You know, if you buy your own bullshit, you're never going to freaking go anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, this has been awesome. Mike, I really appreciate everything. If people want to get in touch with you and find out more about you, your programs, they want to learn about the podcast, um, how can they do that? What's your website? Well, my website is mike at mikecaluzzi.com. It's currently being revamped, which is totally cool, and it's a work in progress. So, nice. um, but they can go check it out, and they'll learn about a lot of the whole idea of getting clear on their value proposition, their purpose, and things like that. I'm shifting and gravitating some of the some of the messaging now, um, which is cool. But they can go on that website, get a feel, learn a bit what I'm doing, and obviously, you know, get in touch with me there. But you know, they can send me an email at mike at mikecaluzzi.com, uh, which would be great. And basically just say, hey, I heard Joan Harlan's podcast. I'd love to, love, love to set up a time to talk to you about what I'm going through. I, I work with people, uh, you know, usually like many folks, like, like we'll spend 20 minutes, mm-hmm. 25 minutes or so understanding, seeing what your value is and what, I mean, what your solutions are. And I will tell them flat out whether or not really quickly, whether or not I think I can help them. Okay. Some people I'm compatible with, some people I'm not. And I'm sure. like, look, I think I can help you. Here's how. And here's how I do it, you know, um, and uh, it's really, really that simple. Awesome. And then that uh, clarity questionnaire, is that available on your website? Yeah. So, yeah. So there's a, they, they can, they could, um, they can get a copy of it there. Um, what happens is, is I'll get an email notification that they're looking to fill it out. And then I have a simple one, but then there's a more in-depth one that I actually go through with people who kind of come on as a full-time clients because it's, it's pretty in-depth and it's a commitment to take the, you know, to go through it. But I tell them this is part of the process and we'll use it as a tool. And I often show folks like everybody, like some of the people who I talk to, you know, some of the more corporate folks, they always ask me, well, what's your KPIs? How do I know if I'm making progress? And I say the best KPI is always is okay. Day one, you take it, right? Day day 90, let's look at your answers and see how much they've changed. Right. Yeah. Because they've changed a lot, usually. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, man. Very cool. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on the program. Really Really had a good Thank conversation you. with you and stuff. Uh, listeners, hope you guys are taking a lot of notes. A lot of good information here. Definitely go check out mycaluzzi.com. Uh, look for that uh, clarity questionnaire and get clear. Like I said, that clarity, that's what I think people are missing, is that clarity. If they can get clear. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, and it's, and it's work, help working with people um, to help them through that process and, and, and allowing themselves the benefit of someone else's you know, objective wisdom and perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So listeners, make sure you share this episode with your family, friends, and colleagues and stick around because there's always more coming. And that's it for me, Coach Harlan saying so long for now.